This is how I fight my battles. Welcome to church. This is how I fight my battles. It's midweek. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. Sing it out, church. You know it. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, Jesus. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Sing it. It may look, it may look like I'm I'm surrounded. And it looks like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. When it looks like God, it may look like. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is how I. Yes, it is. Sing it out. This is how I fight. Woo! In prayer on my knees, I fight. This is how I. This is how I fight my battles. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Tonight, as Heather said, we're going to start a series on spiritual battles. It's an eight-week series, and we're going to cover topics like anger, anxiety, worry. And the Lord is going to meet us here, I believe. I believe he's going to meet us in this place. He's going to teach us. He's going to train us. And as I was preparing for this night to speak to you guys, I started feeling the weight of decisions that some of you in this room have to make. If you're like me, you face battles every week. I felt some of you struggling with darkness and doubt and fear clouding your mind. I saw the heart of Jesus breaking for the things that some of you are having to walk through. I cried literal tears for the wrong things that have been done to some of you in this room. And I heard Jesus say, life, alignment, and peace. I wanna give my people tonight life, alignment, and peace. There is no death in Jesus, so I speak life over this room in Jesus' name. There is no turmoil, no striving in Jesus, so I speak peace over this room in Jesus' name. There is no failure, no fear. So I speak the alignment with the Holy Spirit over this room right now in the name of Jesus. You might have come in tonight saying... I feel weary and I feel, I feel burdened and I don't know what this is. And you might be standing in the middle of a spiritual battle. But I have news for you. Our God goes before us and he looks out for us. And there's no battle that's too great and there's no thing that's too big for our God. And so before we get started tonight, I just wanted to encourage you and let you know that God is with you. Could we lift our hands, God? We thank you that you're with us. <laughs> We thank you that you're here. We thank you, God, that your will is for us to be aligned with you. And we thank you, God, that you are our forward and our rear guard. 
We thank you that our identity does not have to be found in people, in things, in status, in social media followers, in money, in position, in marital status, but our identity can be found in you and you alone. God, we give this time over you. We say thank you for meeting us here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. I'm excited. Look at somebody close to them and say, you ready? Find somebody else there. Are you ready? <laughs> Tonight, um, I get to talk on the topic of identity. So we will be, we're, this is the opening session and we'll be talking about identity Um, My subtitle tonight is Authentication Factors. We're going to look in the book of Matthew chapter 3. And we show up here before Jesus has ever done a miracle, before he ever turned water to wine, before he ever raised anybody from the dead, opened blind eyes, anything like that. We see Jesus coming to the waters of baptism. And I want to read it in chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him saying, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me? And Jesus answered him, allow for it now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went immediately up from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Can you remember a time when you forgot about something? Maybe you forgot your wallet at a restaurant or you locked your keys in the car or you forgot a good friend's birthday or maybe a spouse's anniversary. Do you remember the feeling of regret that you felt when you forgot? Maybe you've forgotten a password like me, that special password that I set up for my two-factor authentication, and I forgot it. Ever tried to authenticate yourself with the wrong password? It locked me out of my account, and I couldn't get back in. Ever had your identity stolen? Anybody in the room? I've never had that happen to me, but I've heard that it is a terrible experience. You have to go through so much just to gain, just to get back to ground zero. And if we remember our our authentication factors, if we remember those passwords and pins, then we have all the access to our stuff. But as soon as we forget, we're locked out from the things that belong to us, but we can't prove it belongs to us because we don't have the proof. At Jesus's baptism, we see the authentication of his identity coming from heaven. All three persons of the Trinity are here. We see the Father, we see the Son, and we see the Holy Spirit. This is the first time we've seen that since creation in the garden. And they all come to co-sign that Jesus is the Son of God. This voice says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. 
Now, John the Baptist is a forerunner to Jesus. We know he's related to him some way. We think, he's, we think they might be cousins. But his whole purpose is to prepare the way of the Lord. Isaiah promises that there will be one crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make way for the Lord. And we see John here in the wilderness. He's, re- he's preaching repentance. He's preaching baptism. He's saying, repent and be baptized, be saved. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's talking about Jesus is on his way. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. People are repenting and getting baptized. And Jesus comes and says, now I want to be baptized. And John says, now hold on a second, Jesus. Wait a minute. Like, I know who you are. So you're, the, you're sinless. You don't need to be baptized. Well, I don't understand. And Jesus says, if I don't go into the waters of baptism, then I can't fulfill the reason why I came. So you have to let it happen. And John says, all right, say less. He must, being Jesus, must go into the waters of a sinner's baptism in order for the sinner to identify with him. Now, I don't know about you, but um, my friends in cybersecurity tell me that authentication factors are very important things when it comes to being able to gain access. And as we already talked about tonight, we know that when we lose those things, it's terrible. But they talk about these three main factors, and I want to tell you about them tonight because they have significance for what we're getting ready to talk about with the baptism of Jesus. The first thing is something that I know. It's a pin or a password. That's number one. The second thing is something that I have, like an ID or a bank card. And the third thing is something that I am, like a fingerprint or a facial recognition or a voice recognition. Now, all of those things are the natural realm, But if you think about the parallels spiritually to what this means and how they were all present at the baptism of Jesus, it will get you really excited. Tonight, I want to offer three of those that were all present there. And let's see how those things should be paralleled in our lives so that we can never forget our identity in Jesus Christ. So number one, something that I know. Now, I can have a pen a personal identification number, or a password. I can gain access to all of my stuff, but when I know my purpose and when I identify with Jesus, I have access to the kingdom because he has access to the kingdom. And what Jesus knew at his baptism was his assignment. He knew that he was on mission. He knew I have to go die. I have to go into the waters of baptism and I have to die this death because if not, those people won't be able to have an identity. They'll never be able to live the life that they're supposed to live unless I live the life that I'm supposed to live first. His assignment was his personal identification number. He knew it. And that's why he could submit. He stayed in submission to the Father's will for the reason why he was sent here. Do you know? 
What is the pin? What is the personal identification that you felt come over your life that Jesus has given you? Do you know? There was a time in my life, even though I knew God, and even though I knew he had identified with me, I forgot about the power of it. My identity was lost in the desires of my flesh and the things that only led to death. And I was left wandering and wondering, how did I get here? Have you ever been in a place where you're like, how did I get here? What's going on? Jesus personally identified with me. His identity was God, wrapped in human flesh, yet he submitted his will to the Father just so that our identity could be wrapped back up in him. I have to know. I have to know why he called me. I have to know why he sent me. I have to know why I'm here. I have to understand that my identity is wrapped up in his death, burial, and resurrection, or else I can't live the life I'm called to live. We see John making way for the Lord, preparing the way for Jesus. It's our responsibility once we know to prepare the way of Jesus in others' lives. My personal identification number is given by Jesus' work, starting with his baptism and going all the way to the cross. I know him, and I know why he called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let's gain access back to our stuff tonight. This is how I fight my battles. I know. And at Jesus' baptism, he had something. He had the Holy Spirit fall on him like a dove and dwell, indwell him. I can prove my identity with I I can have an ID or I can have a bank card and I can prove that it's who I am. But when I have the Holy Spirit, he proves who he is by the power that flows out of my life. And Jesus has the Holy Spirit. We see him descend like a dove, falling on him, authenticating his identity. Our identity cannot be authenticated without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have him as our helper our counselor, and we need him to walk out the purposes of God. We see that Jesus drove out demons and healed the sick, made the lame to walk and blind eyes to see. He raised people from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if I've repented, turned from my sin, accepted the free gift of salvation, then I am walking with God and I've been given the same power with access to spiritual gifts. All of the spiritual gifts are there the descent of the Holy Spirit, anointed and empowered Jesus for his ministry among people. If Jesus himself needed to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to begin his ministry among the people that he came to the earth for, how much more do we? We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need to have his power at work and evident in our life. Do you have him? Maybe some of us say, I don't have that. I've been trying to figure this thing out on my own. And I can identify with that because I've been there. Trying to do things in my own strength, always striving, never thriving. But we don't have to live without him. 
and to walk in our true identity, we have to live with him. This is how I fight my battles. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. God, would you fall? Holy Spirit, would you fall in this place? Be with us, God. Empower us for the work that you've called us to. Jesus was something. Something he was is the son of God. He was confirmed as the son in whom God was well pleased. And something that I am is a daughter of the most high God. My fingerprint can authenticate my identity, but it can't define me. My phone won't let me in without my fingerprint. (laughs) It recognizes me, but it can't tell me who I am. Only God can tell us who we are. And here we see Jesus is identifying with my son in whom I'm well pleased. When the world says you need your fingerprint for authentication, God says you need my fingerprint for your authentication. My fingerprint on your life, my work in your life, my signature on your heart. I am who God says I am. Nothing more. Nothing less, nothing else. And when I'm his, I'm free, I'm whole, I'm healed, I'm righteous, I'm valued, I'm treasured, I'm loved, I'm renewed. And only in him do I have eternal life. The crazy thing that I think about when I think about the cross is something that I've been thinking about now about the baptism. At any moment, Jesus could have said, I'm not doing this, I'm out of here. He could have said, I'm going back up to heaven and I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father. I can't do this. And I know for me, sometimes I face situations and battles, trials that I go, I can't do this. Like, I'm just, I'm going to go home now. And God's like, no, 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 no. Your identity is in me. You are who I say you are. So I've already given you victory. You just have to put one foot in front of the other. You have to remember who you are and whose you are so that when you get to the battle, you can face it and walk through it in victory. It makes me ask myself, is God pleased with my submission to his will? Am I really submitted to him? Or has frustration caused me to abandon my identity, to forsake my sonship just for my own will? Is he pleased with my representation of him? I carry his name. I'm his daughter. Is he pleased? How many times have you and I abandoned the mission for temporary pleasure, forsaken our sonship for cheap thrills? I remember when I forgot who I was, living outside of God's will, running from him, mad that he let my life fall apart. How dare you? And as I'm shaking my fists at Jesus, he kept finding ways to remind me of who I was in him. His work on the cross. He died the death that was meant for me so that I could have identity with him. Jesus, his baptism is the precursor to the cross. 
It's interesting, the same thing that happens at Jesus' baptism when he tells John, you have to let this happen because it's the only way for me to do what I'm supposed to do. I can only fulfill salvation for the world unless I do this. He tells Peter the same thing in the Garden of Gethsemane. And if you don't remember that, Peter picks up a sword and cuts off the Roman soldier's ear because the Roman soldier comes to arrest Jesus to take him to be crucified. Jesus says, Peter, what are you doing? And he picks the ear back up and he puts it on the man. He says, you have to let this happen. You're getting in the way of my mission. You're getting in the way of my purpose. Jesus, at all costs, at all expense, stretched his life out for us. From the time he began his ministry all the way to the cross, Jesus remembered you. The son lived in constant submission to the great mission. It was to seek and save the lost. And we, as followers of Jesus, that word follow literally means to line up behind him. As followers of Jesus, we line up behind him and we do the same thing. We are to live in constant submission to the great commission. It's interesting that we had baptism here tonight. Because this is what the Great Commission is for us, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always. And remember, I am with you always. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is how I fight my battles. I know who I am in Christ. I am his daughter worth more than my weight in rubies. I am his beloved. He calls me his own. I am the righteousness of Christ, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared for me in advance. John prepared the way for Jesus. Jesus made a way for us. And now we must make ready the way of the Lord for others. There's a world around us that's watching us, that's watching us fight our battles, that's watching us face trials, that's watching us walk through adversity. And they're looking at us and going, what the heck? They don't have to do that, but they do. And they do it with grace. And they do it with poise and kindness and mercy. What if... We become a people who never forgot our identity. What if we never left home without our authentication factors? Can you imagine the victory in Jesus? This is how I fight my battles. I know the mission and I know him. I have the power of the Holy Spirit and I am a daughter of the King. I am his righteousness all because Jesus stayed faithful to the mission. He sealed my identity in him. Jesus needed to authenticate, uh, Jesus needed heaven to authenticate his identity because the mission ahead isn't easy. And tonight we need Jesus to come and seal our identity because the mission ahead of us isn't easy. 
He didn't promise it would be easy, but he did promise that he'd be with us. In the same way, he didn't tell Jesus it's going to be easy, but he said, I'll be with you. It won't be easy, but he'll be with us. It won't be easy, but he'll be with us. And tonight, maybe some of you have come into this place and you've said, I've been struggling. I don't really know. I don't know my identity like that. I haven't thought about it that way. I haven't identified with Jesus. I don't really know how to fight this battle. Sometimes we make it harder than it is. The way that we fight our battles with our identity is our submission and surrender to his will for the mission. And tonight, if there's anybody in the room who would say, I just, I need prayer because I don't, I don't know how to fight, but I want to learn. I don't know who I am, but I'm wanting to learn. I'm not sure how to have access to the power of the Holy Spirit, but I want to try. If that's you tonight, I just want to pray that God would meet us right here and that he would remind you and set you on a course to fulfill your mission as you walk out your identity in him. So could we just bow our heads, please? And tonight, if, if that's you, if you'd say, I, I don't really know how to do this. I don't really, um, I've tried to figure it out, but I don't really know. I just want you to lift your hand right at your seat. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm just going to pray for you. I see all of your hands. I see your hands. I see you. I see you. God, I just thank you for who you say that we are. If you raise your hand, just say, God, I submit to you. I'm sorry for doing things my own way. And I repent. And I turn from that. And I turn to you. God, I need you. And I need your Holy Spirit. I invite you to come fill up the space in my heart that's been dry, that's been void. And I invite you to replace my will with yours. Teach me, God. Show me, Lord Jesus. And help me walk with you closely and know you more intimately. I forsake the old way and I hold on to you. God, we thank you that you do it for us, that we don't have to do it ourselves. You do it for us. Thank you for being here, Holy Spirit, and reminding us of who we are in you, but more importantly, who you are to us and what you've done for us. 
We honor you, Jesus. We bless you and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, the very next thing that happens, it's a teaser for next week. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The same Holy Spirit who just fell on Jesus at his baptism is now leading him into temptation to be tempted by the devil. Friends, do you see how our identity in Christ is so important? Because the battles ahead and the temptations that we face will require the power and identity of the work of Christ in us. Jesus couldn't win without heaven sealing his identity and we can't win unless we find our identity in him. Come next week, let's see how this turns out for Jesus because how it turns out for him is how it turns out for you. Amen? Amen.